Welcome to Planning Point, a podcast of Baptist Church Planning Ministry whose purpose is to help churches reproduce churches. We hope that this session will help encourage, promote, and strengthen the efforts to produce healthy and biblical church plants. Thank you for joining Planting Point. This session is entitled, Leading a Church to Reproduce Itself. This will be a unique podcast because it will be taught both by myself, Rick Rust, and Brother Jeremy Rowland. I'll be doing the first part, and Brother Rowland will conclude with the second half of this lesson. Understanding that churches reproduce churches, it is the responsibility of every church to oversee the birthing of baby churches. Reproducing churches isn't a passive decision, but it must be a purposeful one. Every church purposefully goes out to reach their Jerusalem. They have soul winning ministries. They have assimilation ministries to get people baptized and added unto the church. They have discipleship ministries in the church. We do that purposely in our church. And it is the biblical mandate for the local church to do that in their Jerusalem, but they also must do this in their Judea and their Samaria and to the uttermost part. And that's not a conditional command, but it is imperative. And so just as we have programs in place and we've put thought and work and energy and created an atmosphere in our church that's so winning in our Jerusalem is important, We also must instill that for our Judea and our Samaria. And, of course, we do that already for the uttermost by having our missions conferences and supporting missionaries. So the first phase we want to look at is the church preparing. Helping the church cultivate a desire to reproduce is the first thing we need to do. Since churches reproduce a new church, More than just the pastor needs to have the burden and vision to reproduce. Cultivating a unified desire from the members of the church is crucial and can be done through a study on biblical church planting or by having a special conference or seminar. So getting that vision, getting that before the church that, yes, we need to reach our Jerusalem and, yes, we need to do Uh, reach souls for Christ here in our community. And so you have soul-winning conferences and soul-winning kickoffs and so forth. We need to do this also for church planning and reaching our Judea and our Samaria. And so we want to keep this before the church. BCPM uh, is always available. Come in and teach the principles of why churches should birth churches. And we do Reach America Sundays or Church Plant Sundays in churches across the country. And we'd love to come and help you to instill those principles into your church people. You can also bring in a church planter to share what God is doing in their ministry, and the church plant will die prematurely without the church having this desire to commit itself to proper reproduction. Second thing we do is we've got to make it a part of your budget. We need to start setting aside funds. You can do this through your missions budgets, general budget, or special monthly or quarterly offerings. Again, we have budget for our outreaches in our church, for bus ministries in our church, for discipleship material in our church. We need to have a specific budget for church planting in our churches. 
you will know if the church is on board if they give to reproducing themselves. As you teach these principles, you encourage that, and you make it a part, let's say, of your missions conference, and people start giving to missions with the goal of portion of that money going to church planning. Or if you take up special offerings and people give to that, you know that your people are, are on board. They're getting excited about being a part of church planting. And these funds can be helpful to the startup costs. Some have also designated funds monthly to help the, with the church planter's support. And so you're putting away funds every month out of your missions budget to go towards church planting support. Now that might build up for a year or build up for two years before a church planter comes along, and that's fine. But then you have those funds set aside and maybe part of the money that you've saved up for two years can go to startup costs and so forth at the new church plant. Third thing you can do is have special prayer meetings throughout the year. Encourage the church collectively to pray over their Judea, over their Samaria. Also encouraging your people to pray for areas as they travel around in their community. And so if you live in a, in a city area, uh, for example, like Dallas, and you got Dallas proper, but you got cities all the way around that. And so as your people are traveling, they can be praying, God, uh, lead a church planter here, or God, lead us as a church to birth a new church in these areas and have special times on, on a Wednesday night, maybe three or four times a year on a Wednesday night, that after the service, you're going to have time of praying about reaching your Judea and your Samaria with the gospel through church planting and have special times so that your people know that you don't just mention it once and that's the end of it, but we're keeping this constantly before our people. And then lastly, in preparing the church, we need to get involved with a church plant close to your church. And so maybe your church has been praying about birthing a new church and you've been setting money aside and you've been uh, working towards this and looking for a church planter and doing all of those things. And a sister church in your area has come to the point where we're, they're ready to reproduce themselves and birth a brand new baby church. And boy, get your people involved with that. You want to see your people get excited about seeing a church born? Bring them to a church plant. When they get there and they see that, and they see that they were a small part, they helped with John and Roman distribution or door knocking. They helped out with a special night. Some of your uh, people went there to sing in a, in a special service to kick off that church. Boy, I tell you, nothing gets a church more excited than seeing a baby born. Some of you, uh, like myself, my my wife and I are done having kids, all right? And that's, uh, we are at the age where it's of God that it is done, all right? It's not going to happen uh, anymore in our marriage. But yet my wife can be around a young lady who has a baby, and she gets that itch. And again, I praise God that I'm a little too old to have to worry about that anymore, all right? And uh, uh, and uh, having to worry about bringing in another child into the earth, into this world. But they get that excitement being around other babies. And I tell you, you bring your people to a church plant, and they might not get it. They might not understand the importance of it. They might not understand why is our pastor talking about church planting so much. They come to a church plant, and they get back, and they get the itch. They finally get it, and they want to get excited. They want to get out there and do something uh, through your church to birth a new church. This is part two 
of a message on leading a church to reproduce itself. Being around church planning for several years now, there's no greater joy that a church has than to reproduce itself. There's just some type of of, uh, spiritual aspect that tends to revive a church. Pastors who've reproduced other churches have said that time frame of carrying that baby and delivering that baby was such a wonderful experience. It was exhausting. It was taxing. It was uh, all of those things. But wow, to deliver a baby was a wonderful experience for a church. And it really does revive the people to be more conscious about souls, uh, to step up and to serve in areas where they would have never stepped up before. There's just so many things that happen when a church decides it's going to reproduce itself. Part two is on the church delivering. Part one was on the church preparing. There's a preparation stage and there's a delivery stage. Here's a couple of helps when a church decides to prepare, but then deliver the baby. First of all, there needs to be an area targeted for the new church plant. Pray earnestly about the needy area. Just because there's a need, it doesn't mean it constitutes a call of God. We know this from Acts chapter 16 and verses 6 and 7, where the Apostle Paul was seeking the Lord. Uh, He was trying to go to two different cities, and the Holy Spirit led him to go somewhere else. The Holy Spirit forbade him, would not allow him to go to those cities. Did those cities need the gospel? Yes, But God had a different plan for Paul at that time. And we need to be sensitive to the fact that, yes, there's a lot of needy cities out there. But we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading because God knows what he's doing. And he ultimately is the one birthing this new church. It's a spiritual living organism that he is developing and he wants to deliver. So seek the targeted area and be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Secondly, evangelize a new area. Some men have asked, you know, should we start evangelizing a city nearby, uh, even without a pastor? The Bible never requires a pastor to be in place before you start evangelizing another city. Even if you know it's the, the purpose is to establish a new work there, the Bible never requires a pastor. In fact, we see the opposite. Most of the time, we see Paul and and, uh, Silas or Paul and Barnabas and others going into areas, and they're evangelizing the areas. Then they're training leadership there, and then all of a sudden, they're appointing, they're ordaining elders in those areas. And so the second step after finding out where God would want you to devote your attention to is to start evangelizing there. Take groups of people over maybe twice a month and start knocking on doors and start giving out tracts and engaging conversations that that will lead to gospel uh, presentation and, and try to lead people to the Lord in those areas. That's the second step. It's critical that your church gets a burden for the area and then starts to act on it and starts going to that area and starts committing to reaching those people. It's a healthy step. The third step is to actually start then an extension service. It could be just called a Bible study. It could be what most guys call it, just an extension of their church or an extension ministry or whatever. But if you're going to go to an area, step two, and evangelize, 
eventually you're going to lead people to the Lord. And if this area is uh, 30 miles away or, you know, 50 miles away or whatever, um, it, you're going to have a hard time getting those people to drive as newborn Christians, uh, to drive all the distance to your church. So think ahead of time. Step number three is to actually start holding some type of service or Bible study in that time, in that town. Now, the best time to do this is Sunday afternoon, Sunday about two o'clock or so. Uh, and we can help with this to rent maybe a, 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 a hotel conference room. Very rarely does a, ro- a hotel use their conference rooms on Sunday afternoons. But for a minimum fee of $50 or $75 or you know, maybe even $100, uh, they'll rent you this room and, and you can uh, have, a, have a beautiful facility uh, to uh, engage with people and talk to people and have a message and sing together and to disciple people and, and so on. And uh, the way that most would do this and very practical is you have people sign up in your church to dedicate a certain Sunday to travel over with the pastor or the assistant pastor um, or maybe a deacon even and go over to that uh, area and at two o'clock have a a one hour service and uh, help uh, grow these people in the Lord. Now, this extension service is definitely a ministry of the reproducing church, and it, and it should be until it's cut loose. And we'll talk about that in a, little, in a little bit. But the extension service, and we can help with this, you should have something written down that when you give it to people who are visiting or people even in, in a community, you can invite them to this extension service of, and it can be read or it can be stated and they can read it that this is a service of whatever church and with the purpose, though, of one day formulating its own church. And so you have a purpose of one day establishing a local church out of this Bible study or this extension service. So people know what you're doing and where the authority is. It's in the reproducing church. But you can have people sign up drive over, uh, and then have a service, come back and give testimony in the evening service of, of who came and what happened. And by the way, uh, we have other ministries on Sunday afternoons, jail ministries and nursing home ministries, and some people who have a bus ministry don't even get back till two o'clock to their house. And so, you know, it doesn't take a lot of uh, energy or time or effort. Yes, you're going to lose your uh, your uh, nap possibly on Sunday afternoons. Uh, but that's why you have different people signed up and different people going so they don't get burnt out. And also, it doesn't have to be the pastor every time. It can be an assistant or, like I said, someone, a deacon or someone in the church uh, giving a message. Uh, but it does need to be, have the oversight of the pastor. And the people in that extension service need to know who the pastor is. So he needs to go at least uh, the most of the time so the people know who the pastor is. And by the way, uh, we know of church plants who've started doing this. Yes, before they even have their own building, before they even have 100 people, they're already having meetings in other cities. Why? Because their burden is to reproduce and to reach that city. So start having an extension service. And then number four, pray for the church planter. Obviously, this can be someone from within who is training and, and, and maybe at Bible college right now. Uh, it could be someone from without. The important thing is, whoever it is, another church planter or another uh, youth pastor who hears about this service or whatever, 
The important thing is this is a reproduction of, of the, of the uh, reproducing church. This is a baby of that church. So it has to have the same DNA. And so if you bring somebody from without to come in, even if it's for the purpose of pastoring that new work, he needs to come in and submit to the pastor, work under the pastor, work in that church so people know him. And it should be in agreement that we are, you're not, you're not, it's not a definite thing. We want to bring you in. And yes, we believe that over, over uh, the course of mentoring you and so on, that you're, uh, could possibly be the right man. But it's not definite yet. We need to know that you're the right man. And so the church planner needs to submit to the pastor's authority and his timing. Uh, it may be that it's another year before they send him out to pastor that work. It may be two or three or more years. The important thing is the pastor needs to be able to say, this man is ready, and then send him out. And the church planter needs to submit to that. So uh, pray for the right church planter. By the way, we know already be, uh, that this extension service is going to take some time. It's not just going to be a few months. It could be a few years before the cord is cut and it's its own church. Number five, the long-term finances. Set up the finances for at least five years to support that work. Obviously, he could get the church planner could get support from other churches and, and so on and raise up offerings and all of that. Uh, but there should be at least a five-year plan to support that work, but reduce the support by 20% each year. That way the church learns it needs to finance itself. And there's a whole other session you can listen to on financing a church plant that will probably answer a lot of specific questions. But until the, if, you, if you reduce it 20% every year, the church will learn it needs to support itself. And the pastor will learn or from the get-go, he needs to be knocking on doors. He needs to be evangelizing because that support's going to be cutting off. And so it's a very healthy strategy to, uh, for, to set up the long-term finances. Number six is to have a launch strategy. Have a start to this church. Have, a, have it well known that the church is going to go from an extension service to uh, an official church. And uh, have it printed, have it publicized. This is where we can help uh, specifically to make sure that uh, everyone in town knows uh, that the church is starting. Everyone knows there's going to be some special meetings uh, for to meet the pastor, and that pastor can get credibility at that time, and uh, and all of this. And by the way, you can uh, read or listen to another session we have on uh, the get acquainted meetings and why we have those. But the main reason is to give the church and a new pastor credibility, and to make sure that people in the community know what type of church is being started. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, all the pastors who've gone through the Get Acquainted meetings have said it's been, it was a wonderful week. And we're so glad that we had those for the launch or the beginning of the church. And then there, number seven, there needs to be a post-start nurturing of the reproducing church and pastor. And what we mean by this is no one would uh, birth a baby and then just leave it on the side of the road. That, that would be inhumane. That would be a criminal. That would, that would just be uh, uh, just uh, ungodly. And so we shouldn't take a living, breathing organism of the church 
And even though it's birthed and even though it's breathing now and it has a pastor and so on, we shouldn't just leave it. No, no, no. There's some nurturing. Now, if the new church is birthed and it started and so on, great. But it doesn't mean it doesn't need any encouragement. And so what we mean by this is, is continue to help the new church with the evangelism and outreach, provide resources such as curriculum, printing needs, and so on. The new church can send over people on Sundays to help with singing and ushering and greeting, nursery, and so on. And by the way, <coughs> we have uh, learned that it's a good idea that maybe people go over and have responsibilities like ushering and greeting and all that. And it could be a good goal for those people to stay there until they've trained people to take over their position. And then they can come back on Sunday mornings. The reproducing pastor can speak to the men of the new church. This is so important. Maybe have a men's meeting every six months or once a year. And the reproducing pastor can speak to the men of the new church and say things that the pastor, the, the church planter, can't say. Such as, we, men, you need to support your new pastor. You need to have his back. You need to make sure that you pray for him, that you lift him up. You need to make sure that you take care of him financially and make sure that you uh, pay for his uh, housing and salary and, and make sure that you remember his birthdays and anniversary and make sure that he can have some time of rest once a year at least, like a, like a mini vacation, and make sure you take care of him. By the way, this is all found in financing a church plant in another session in detail, but the reproducing church and pastor can go and say these things in a, uh, in a setting with men and help develop those men to really support their pastor. That's post-start nurturing. That is a wonderful thing to do. Uh, the nurturing relationship can go on and on for several years, and it's vital for the strength of the new church. Birthing a baby church is a needy, uh, very exciting, yet rewarding and exhausting endeavor. It is an opportunity to watch the Lord carry out His commission in reaching one or more part of His creation, maybe several cities in the, in the long term. And we've helped churches with multiple church plants. There are churches right now that we've helped birth churches, and some of their baby churches have grown up, and they're about to have their own baby churches. So we're helping churches now have grandbaby churches. It's, it's so rewarding and it's so biblical, and God's hand is on it. May God help you as you seek the Lord and ask Him to help establish local churches, taking your church and reproducing other local, uh, vital, growing, uh, exciting, young baby churches that will grow up and one day reproduce more churches. For more resources, visit bcpm.org and source.bcpm.org.